All right, folks, we've got what very well may be a historic show for you today. The Kremlin has been attacked. Ukrainian special forces have been fingered in the assault. How will Russia respond? Could have repercussions for all of humanity. Folks, that is why you need to be making sure you're paying attention to what's going on. Go beyond the headlines. Sign up to the Poso Daily Brief. We are giving you the breaking analysis, the geopolitical insights that you are not getting anywhere else. Sign up for Human Events Daily. Make sure you're subscribed. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Rumble. And then make sure you go to humanevents.com slash Poso and sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It'll be delivered to your email inbox every single day. Humanevents.com slash Poso, the Poso Daily Brief. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 3rd, 2023, Anno Domine. Today's top story, the Kremlin attacked. Officials implicate Ukraine special forces. Next, new Jeffrey Epstein documents. We've got a huge update there. This includes Harvard officials, left-wing billionaires, the whole enchilada. And finally, an interesting story out of the national polls. Did Trump's rape accuser get her story from the TV show Law and Order? All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Russian officials have said that Ukraine tried to attack the Kremlin with drones, alleging that it is a terrorist act and underlines their right to respond. We don't attack Putin or Moscow. We fight on, on our territory. We are defending our villages and cities. We don't have, you know, enough weapon for this. That's why we don't use it any, anywhere. For, for us, that is the deficit. We, we can't spend it. And we didn't attack Putin. We leave it to tribunal. Now, this story that we're looking at, folks, happened in the early morning hours, late last night. The Kremlin, and you can see in these videos, attacked by something. Russia claims it was Ukrainian drones based on special forces. Zelensky denies it. However, we already know that Ukraine has conducted acts on Russian territory and in the Russian uh, in, in Russian cities. We know there were bombings. We know that uh, Alexander Dugin's daughter was blown up. We know there was another war blogger who was killed. We know the Russian bridge to Crimea was blown up at one point. I think it's being uh, restored at this point. So that idea that Ukraine doesn't conduct operations inside Russia. I mean, Zelensky just lied. We already know that. But regardless of that, I want to set the stage for where we are. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at the point of no return. Last night at 2.27 a.m. local Moscow, a drone struck the Kremlin. Then 16 minutes later at 2.43 a.m., a second drone struck. Now, we're not going to dive into the entire details about Zelensky denying and Russian officials declaring. But the, the fact of the matter is Russia views this as a terrorist attack and they're claiming that it was a direct attempt on Vladimir Putin's life. And now what we're seeing is the threat of retaliation. We need to put that into perspective, personal perspective. 
If you're old enough to remember, I want you to think back to the feeling you had on September 11, 2001, where the moment of fear and rage that consumed our nation on December 7th, 1941, when Pearl Harbor was attacked. We've all heard about it. Think about how you wanted your leaders, your military, the culture that shaped your nation to respond to that type of aggression. That's how the people of Russia are feeling right now. To them, the Kremlin isn't just a place of business, it's a symbol. The same as the World Trade Center was, the same symbol that the White House represents to Americans. Okay, I'm not talking about how I view it. I'm talking about how the other side views it. It'd be like attacking the Great Wall of China or the Forbidden City. Now ask yourself, what comes next? The region is already deep into a war with massive casualties, a conflict that has decades of history behind it. Ask yourself, regardless of who is responsible for this specific event, the real question before us is what is the next step of the war? Take a moment and pray for humanity as we know it, because the response to the Kremlin being struck could perhaps have rippling effects on mankind the likes of which we've never seen before. This is a situation where lives are in the balance. And I, I said here on the show yesterday, I, I'm in Europe right now, right now. My family's here. My children are here right now. Think about how many people all across Europe have no ability to leave. They can't fly home. What happens if Russia decides to wake up the next morning and say, you know what, the United States was behind this or the United States helped on this and then missiles start flying. Is that really what you want? RFK Jr. had a massive tweet up earlier today where he specifically pointed out the fact that Zelensky campaigned and won in a landslide 70% election as a peace candidate, claiming that he would seek peace with Russia, he got in, immediately turned around, and sought to join NATO. There's another angle to this, folks. What if Zelensky is telling the truth? What if he didn't actually order this? Do we know if Zelensky actually has total control over everything the Azov Battalion, Special Forces, SBU, everything these guys do? Do we know that? Do we know where the, all the weapons that we've been sending Ukraine are going? Do we even have a clue what's actually going on on the ground? Because we saw in those leaked documents from Jack Chichera that what's going on doesn't look good. And it's certainly not what the Pentagon's telling us every day. And it's definitely not what the White House is telling us every day. So what's the truth? Do we even know? Have we even considered the insanity that we're dealing with? Go out there. Call the people you love. Tell them you love them. Hug your family. Hug your kids. I know I'm going to hug mine tonight. And pray for our world. Pray for our countries. Pray for our children. Pray for our world leaders to understand the consequences of actions that cannot be taken back. Imagine how the United States would respond to an attack on our White House. Even if it was just a drone that was shot down. Imagine how the United States 
would respond to an attack on any president that was sitting in the White House. That's what you're going to see next. I know I say this so many times on the show. I'm going to say it here again. You need to stop giving money to companies that hate you. Look, we know we vote every election year, but you can also vote every single day with the way you spend your money. In fact, I call it economic warfare. And a great way to use new economic warfare is to support companies that sponsor this podcast, Human Events Daily, that sponsor other conservative media out there. That is how we win. And one of those sponsors is Patriot Mobile. Now, when I found Patriot Mobile, I first heard about them. I said, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was all about. I got to meet with them. I got to sit down with the company to understand how it actually works. It's incredible. They're a Christian first conservative wireless provider. So their Christianity, their religion affects and is injected into everything they do. They don't have business ethics. They have Christian ethics. Okay. This supersedes that. And so they've set up the website, patriotmobile.com slash POSO. What's great about that is when you use promo code POSO at patriotmobile.com, you will get completely free activation. Plus, when you make the switch to them, you know you get to keep your number. And the best part, the way their service works is that you actually piggyback on the towers of the three major networks nationwide. You might even get better coverage than you would with your current provider and you know your money is going to support causes that you support and you believe in for our nation. PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. Use promo code POSO for reactivation. Epstein scheduled more than a dozen meetings from 2013 to 2017 with Joshua Cooper Ramo, who at the time served on the board of Starbucks and FedEx. Former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak was reportedly a regular guest at Epstein's meetings. Epstein was scheduled to have dinner with them and movie director Woody Allen and his wife. Why? Folks, the shoes are dropping left and right. And so what you're seeing here, the reason the Wall Street Journal is starting to get this information, the reason this is all coming out now is because we know the Epstein operation is dried up. Now, that doesn't mean that this blackmail stuff isn't going on anymore. And that don't mean that all of these things that are coming out are ended and finished. No, 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 no. What it really means is that the operation has moved on and now you've got to clear up loose ends. And so all of these documents, all the stuff that, that had been done before, everything from the Epstein operation, that's got to be pushed away. It's got to be brushed aside. You know, there's going to be a couple things here and there, but they want you totally focused on Jeffrey Epstein now because they don't want you to know that the blackmail operation that we saw that went on here, that's what Jeffrey Epstein was, obviously working, and not even obviously, like it's right here. You've got, you've got intel agencies uh, for, of multiple countries, the United States, Israel, who knows how many more that were tied into this thing. Uh, and we've done how many specials here on, so on, on Human Events Daily about this. Listen to the new details according to the Wall Street Journal, pulling it up here. Larry Summers, the head of Harvard, continued to meet with Jeffrey Epstein and seek his help even years after Harvard decided it would no longer accept his donations. Why? Because he was an industrial level pedophile. Here you go. The founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, a left wing mega donor billionaire, visited Epstein Island 
and was scheduled to stay over at his Manhattan townhouse in 2014. So everything that Reed Hoffman is tied to, you've now got to put that through the lens of Jeffrey Epstein. What went down on the island, Reed? What went down? What did they serve for dinner? What were you getting into down at the island, old Reed Hoffman? We're going to see subpoenas on any of this? Of course not. Woody Allen, just amazing, right? We, no, no, no surprises there, given his taste in um, the, the fairer gender, of which there are only two. Attended dozens of dinners with his wife, Su Yin Previn, at Epstein's mansion and invited Epstein to film screenings. Ehud Barak, the former Israeli prime minister, visited Epstein dozens of times and accepted flights on Epstein's private jet while visiting Epstein mansions in Florida and New York. Leon Black, the billionaire co-founder of private equity giant Apollo Global Management, scheduled more than 100 meetings with Epstein from 2013 to 2017. Mr. Hoffman said that he, this is the best part, this is when they, when they do the responses, Mr. Hoffman said that he met with Epstein to raise funds for the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and he regrets interacting with Epstein after his conviction. He regrets it. Um, these were social events. He stepped, Mr. Black stepped down, la, la, la. Can we cut the crap? Can we cut the crap? I'm willing. I'm willing to give everyone a, a, I'm willing to give, do everyone a solid. You get one, right? You get one. You get one opportunity to meet somebody and find out what they're really like. But if you continue to meet with them after the fact, after it's all out in the open, that this guy was a child rapist and that he was working with other high level networked individuals in a child sex ring that was going on at the highest levels of government, highest levels of finance, highest levels of business in many cases, you have to ask the question, why did you keep meeting with him? Was there a reason you had to keep meeting with him? Almost like, I don't know, he had something on you. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm not making any direct accusations. I don't have evidence to make direct accusations. But what is going on here? What is going on here? In fact, I think that Elon Musk, I said this the other day, Elon Musk should go onto Twitter and put up a little tag. You know how he's like changing around the different tags for if you're public funded organization, if you're government funded, et cetera. He should put a little tag on everyone's Twitter account that's visited Epstein Island. So every single one of the notable you know, luminaries, these people, anyone, anyone who visited there um, that wasn't one of the victims, you put that little, you know, make it like an airplane. I don't know, the Lolita Express. Put that, or put the little tropical, like that temple, like that demonic temple, the occult temple that he had on the island. Put that next to their name, right next to their blue check. That's what they get. And if they want to come back on, doesn't matter. Even if they're not on Twitter, make an account and that account gets it. So that Twitter can be the service for the most public good, as Elon Musk has said. So let's do that. Let's make sure that if you visited Epstein Island, by the way, sorry to Luke Radowski, because I know you visited, man. I know you did, you know, the drone from, from Timcast. I know you did the uh, We Are Change. I know you did the drone video, but you did visit the island, man. So that means I'm sorry, Luke, but you're going to have to get one too, because you were on that island and you were, as far as we know, not one of the victims. Folks, it's time for a little something that we call truth. And it happens here every day on Human Events Daily. So we're on this work trip here. 
And we're over in Europe. I got the conference coming up uh, in Budapest tomorrow. And I got to tell you guys, I'm just going to say it right now. And I say this as a red-blooded American. There is no good coffee in Europe. I'm sorry. I'm just not one of these like frou-frou espresso people. Like, I, I, you know, all more all power to you if that's what you like. The Italians, the French, the Swedes, if that's your cup of Java. For me, uh, I, I want to get back to the States as fast as possible and cook me up, brew me up a delicious pot of blackout coffee. And you know why I want to do my blackout coffee? Because it doesn't come in a thimble. It doesn't come in something that's like smaller than my little finger. It's actually a, a full-sized, man-sized cup of coffee. So if you want to go and do that and drink some before I get back so that you can enjoy and understand what I'm talking about rather than experience the pain that I have of having to go to European coffee shops, which I mean, you, even if you get two, even if you get two, it's not even enough for one. No, it's not one. It's not what I'm looking for at all. I love my blackout coffee. That's what I'm waiting for. I can't wait to get home and get, I'm going to put in an order. I'm going to tell Tiny to put an order so that we have some for when I get home. So make sure you put in yours too. Blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO. You get 20% off your first order with promo code POSO. So make sure you go to blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO. And you know what? Next time I'm going overseas, I'm going to bring it with me. So eventually he says, let's go look at the lingerie and he yeah, gets he you to the lingerie the department. Lingerie. He knows right. where that is. So he gets well, you right up there. Yeah. He may have shouted underwear. Yeah. Okay. Know, okay. So up the escalators we go. And at this point, in Bergdorf Goodman's, which is the greatest department store on the face, it's cozy, it's posh, they take care of their customers beautifully, and we're going up. The store is not very crowded. It is like 6.37 in the evening, and we go walk down to the lingerie department. There is nobody there. There's empty. And on the counter, which was to the left as you enter, this is in 1995, 1996, there were a couple of really fancy lingerie boxes, and there was this really beautiful, filmy, gray, see-through bodysuit. And he snatched it up. He said, go put this on. It struck me as one of the funniest things I've ever heard a man say. I said, you put it on. He said, no, no, you look good in this. Try this on. And he holds it up against my body. I said, no, it goes with your eyes. You put it on. And I used to be a writer at Saturday Night Live. Uh, ah, role play took place in uh, the dressing room of Bergdorf's. Uh, while she was trying on lingerie, I would burst in. Hold on. Yeah, so she got this from Law and Order. It, it, it really just looks like she got this from a Law and Order show. Um, this, this case, by the way, and this story, by the way, of course, comes to us from the national pulse you guys have to go and read the nationalpulse.com check it out this person uh e jean carroll who is now currently in the civil lawsuit which has gone to trial with uh with former president trump uh, talking about how making all of these claims the story that she's magically told about being attacked in 1995 or 1986 that somehow never came out once during all the years that he was just a celebrity billionaire, uh, a story that could have easily 
garnered her uh, plenty of attention, settlements, et cetera, et cetera, in the past. Um, obviously, if and, and to be clear, to be 100% clear, if this actually happened, if, 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 if she was actually sexually assaulted by anyone, uh, that's horrific and a crime. I don't mean to belittle that, but even as she's telling the story, she doesn't even, you can tell with her demeanor, her body language, she doesn't seem upset. She doesn't seem angry. She certainly doesn't seem like she's describing something that was traumatic. She seems kind of just, just bizarre, to tell you the truth. It's very bizarre. And you realize that there's, she's telling the story with, with little to no emotion. I mean, she's talking about like going to pick up uh, something at the grocery store. Like, oh, I went to the grocery store this morning. But she's not. Because, in fact, it sounds a lot like 2012 episode of Law & Order SVU, which is a very silly show. I, I don't watch it. But what's interesting is that she also has described in other interviews um, the Game of Thrones TV series. And she talks about how the Game of Thrones TV series uses rape to be fun. And, and what she called sexy. And, in fact, she described it as a fantasy. Okay, that's very interesting to me because people don't know this necessarily uh, these days, but going back, my original blog, my original public Twitter account, etc., was all about Game of Thrones. It was all about from the perspective of a Song and Ice and Fire fan being very upset with the changes that were made to the series as it went from page to screen. One of the things that I took a huge stand on got into multiple debates, including with assistance of George R. R. Martin himself, was the rape of Sansa Stark, which is conducted in uh, the TV series. It's what, it's what led to me stopping to even watch the TV series. I think I maybe watched one more episode after that. I've never seen any of Game of Thrones beyond um, season five, episode, I think, nine. So I never saw the finale of season five or any of the rest. I heard about what happens is terrible. but. I actually agree. I agree that they used rape in a sensational way, a way that doesn't take place in the books, and in a way that's absolutely horrific. Um, they don't show it in, in, in a true light. They use it for, for ratings. They use it for TV points, sensationality. And unfortunately, I think this is what she's doing here. I think it's exactly what she's doing here. She's got herself on TV. She's got herself on 60 on, on, well, I guess it's CNN. Sanderson Cooper does 60 minutes on CNN. So she's got herself on CNN. She's got herself in a courtroom. She's got herself be, being able to stick it to Trump. And it's clear. She's just someone who hates him. She's just, someone, where's the evidence? Do we have any evidence? Do we have any back and forth on this? It's, it's, it's so interesting because she says things about like the dressing room door was open. What what dressing you what dressing room door would be open at any of these places, right? Do do we even know? And 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 what's interesting, by the way, is that it turns out that she has made a long series, a long series of sexual allegations, sexual assault allegations throughout her life. Uh, she is she's claimed she's been raped or attempted to be raped. By, uh, I mean, going all the way back to when she was um, a kid, there was a camp counselor, a dentist. Uh, she claimed she uh, there was some uh, a kid, a an unnamed pocket knife wielding youth in her college, an unnamed former boss 
former CBS uh, chief executive Les Moonves, and then finally, of course, Donald Trump. And, and none of these have been substantiated, not a single one of them. And so the fact that this story, so closely identical to Law & Order SVU, now, of course, you know, is the judge going to let the jury see that? I don't know. Is the jury even going to care? Because at the end of the day, this is what the left is doing. They're putting up these ridiculous claims against President Trump the same way they did it against Brett uh, Kavanaugh. Because why? That was a preview. That was a setup operation. That was a test to see if they could get it done. The same way they tried to get Marjorie Taylor Greene thrown off the um, thrown off the ballot down in Georgia by claiming her support for January 6th amounted to her supporting an insurrection against the United States of America to get her thrown off the ballot. It wasn't about her. It was about getting Trump thrown off the ballot in 2024. That's not going to happen. They are using lawfare every single day. They don't necessarily even, it's not even about John Korea, uh, Jean Carroll. It's not about her. It's about it getting on the books. It's about it going to trial. And it's about using the justice system to go after political opponents. You might not like Soviet Union comparisons, but you better wake up because you're in one. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.